Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Welcome to the Mick Ultra Golf Show on Sports Radio 96.1 WSBT. Presented by Michelob Ultra. Locally distributed by United Beverage of South Bend. Michelob Ultra. Superior light beer. Don't compromise. Also sponsored by Bill's Heating of Goshen since 1951. For all your heating, cooling, and plumbing. Also by Pet Refuge, Leck Leitner Door, Sherwood Tire, the Food Bank of Northern Indiana, your local Edward Jones financial advisors, Edward Jones, making sense of investing, member SIPC, and OSMC, the Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Center. And now, the Mick Ultra Golf Show on Sports Radio 96.1 WSBT. Wow, we've been doing this show for how many years? That's like the first real open we've had. I feel like we've arrived now. Holy cow. We've arrived. Woo! Big time. This is the Mick Ultra Golf Show on Sports Radio 96.1 WSBT. WSBTradio.com and the WSBT Radio app. My name is Darren Pritchett. The stars of the show are my co-hosts, John Foster, the general manager of Warren Golf Course in Notre Dame, and Tim Firestone, the owner of Blackthorn Golf Club in South Bend. Tim, good to talk to you once again. Good morning. And for the first time this year, we say good morning to Mr. John Foster. John, it's been too long. How are you? I'm just fine. Made it through another winter despite probably the pool you guys had. Um, you and Tim had, so I did make it so there. <laughs> yeah, we explained why you weren't on the show last week. I hope you didn't mind. No, I, what was the explanation? Oh, yeah, we had that pool for the Masters <laughs> in November, and whoever lost had to pick okay. golf balls out on the range at Blackthorn one by one, and with the invitational that was there last week, and we were worried about your safety. Oh, okay. Well, um, I had picked. <laughs> Uh, Matsuyama, but you guys didn't have me on the show, so I guess it doesn't count, huh? <laughs> Gee, Tim, I feel bad. Maybe I should go out and pick up golf balls just to make up for that. <laughs> I'm sure Tim would allow that. <laughs> exactly. So it all well, sounds good to me. Well, John, we were we were imagining you driving one of those little carts around that picks up the golf balls with the screens and people hitting you and just your reaction. I think that might have been worthy of putting on social media. Oh, Darren, I'm, I'm telling you, as you know, last summer I spent a fair amount of time doing that. And as much as you're – I would ask Tim or relate to Tim, say, you know what I'm talking about, but I'm sure Firestone hadn't been in one of those things in years. <laughs> well, now, I, after COVID, I don't fit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, despite the protection that you have, you know, it, there's no way you're going to get hurt. When you see him aiming at you and hit you, it really ticks you off, and it's like I, I know you take it personally, and so, so I know when I'm hitting range balls and somebody, I'm aiming at them too. Uh, but for some reason, I just I just take that personally. I feel, it really hurts me that people are aiming at me trying to hit me with golf balls. It's like the remember the Bud Light um, commercial. 
Yeah. You know, you do all those. And it was Mr. Range Picker. Remember those the light? Mr. Uh, Range Picker Upper. This is to you, uh, Mr. Range Picker Upper. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was me last year. And it could be this year, too. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Well, I know I asked Tim this question last week, if there's a lot of carryover COVID things right now at Blackthorn. And, and he mentioned things are, are opening up at, at Blackthorn a little bit. What about it? Warren Golf Course in Notre Dame. You guys open up April 1st. John, what are things like right now for the patrons who come out to <laughs> Warren Golf Course? Well, it's it's somewhat the same as last year. There's still some measures in place to protect people, and it, primarily it has to do with the clubhouse and wearing of masks when you enter the clubhouse. But there's a couple of things that our safety committee have approved and uh, that I think is, is – is good for the golfer and for the golf course. And the main thing is last year we were unable to have bunker rakes out uh, on the course. And we did have them on, on the carts, but for some reason that doesn't seem to work. Uh, a lot of the golfers don't realize what that thing is on the back of their cart, so they don't use it. But we had to spend a solid two weeks of bunker repair and rebuilds last year just because we, we didn't have the staff to, to get out and work those bunkers and the people were not – fixing uh, or raking the bunkers after they used it uh, because we couldn't have the rakes out. So anyway, we're able to have the rakes out this year. Um, the thing about keeping the, the flag stick in, uh, I'm continuing with that. I probably could have won the argument to, to waive that because I, I think we're all aware the CDC has been uh, very public the last month or so about the odds of catching the COVID uh, virus from touching surfaces is slim to none. And I think we all felt right. that last year, but there was never the official announcement. So, um, you know, so so anyway, we've decided to keep it in, though, because we thought it really helped with pace of play, and there were no complaints from players. So if somebody does it, we see somebody taking it out, we're not going to prosecute them, but we just prefer for them to leave this flag sticks in. But other than that, the carryover has been the popularity of golf and the demand for the golf course. And I know just anecdotally hearing about Blackthorn, Tim, I think you're seeing the same thing. Oh, yeah. We talked about it a little bit last week on the show, John. I mean, everybody. I think even yeah. the city courses uh, were up, and I know uh, memberships are up at um, the private clubs. And yeah. It's just uh, I, I told Darren, I don't think um, in the 10 years we've been doing the show that we ever felt like we would be saying this again about golf, no. that there's a spike no. in golf. But um it's been great for golf. And yeah. we, we have a saying around here now. Our driving range is so busy at all times with mom, dad, the kids, the students. Because, as you know, Tim, there aren't many choices for driving range. We now refer to the driving range as the Warren Family Fun Center. Um, because that's what it's turned into, which is great. Uh, the revenues have been great, but the, the range has taken quite a beating as it did last year. So. You know, bring the, well, you bring the family out. What's that? At least you expanded it, didn't you? Didn't oh, had we not, it, it would have been destroyed last year. We doubled the size, and yet it still was fully utilized at all times last year. Well, wow. a couple of things. First off, you shouldn't have to worry about all that bunker repair because had people listened to our golf show the last how many years, what is the number one piece of advice you've given? And I've actually bought into it. Don't aim for the pin. Aim for the middle of the green. Aim for the middle of the green. You're not going to go in the bunker. 
Well, that's making the assumption that the ball's going to go where you intend it to go, Darren. And that's a big assumption, as you know. I True. Mean, True. Yeah, it helps. Put it that way, it helps. <clears throat> Your chances of going in the bunker are lessened with that particular philosophy. That about is true. That? Yeah, that's okay. true. That's true. All right, well, I guess I'll just throw it to you, Tim. I know you talked about it last week, but just a quick recap where you stand right now, the, the difference people are going to see when they come out to Blackthorn to do a little golfing. Well, we just we're we're pretty much back to normal. I mean, to John's point, you have to wear face masks in the clubhouse, and uh, unless you're at the bar, you know, eating or drinking, um, just like everybody else in our county. Um, we're still, you know, wiping down uh, the carts, although not as vigorously as we were last year. You know, again, to John's point about the touch points, it's more about the proximity you are to people, and. Um, so we're, we moved the pro shop back into the original pro shop where it was before. Um, and then um, uh, we're back um, pretty much uh, to regular operations. And, um, again, I think uh, everybody's fine with it. You know, we've been absolutely slammed. Or I didn't think we could top last April. We had the best march we've ever had in the history of Blackthorn in 25 or 26 years. And now we've got, uh, um, you know, one of our best Aprils. So, mm. knock on wood, uh, <laughs> I'm going to ride this baby out, hopefully for, you know, until I can retire, um, you know, in like <laughs> 10 years or so. So, we'll see. You know, hearing the second point I was going to make, hearing John talk about the driving range at Notre Dame, reminded me of something and i'm so mad at myself i mean i really can't believe i screwed this up but to make a long story short earlier this week my son and i texting and he sent me a gif or a gif i don't know how you pronounce it it's a gif that's all i know of miguel and jimenez doing his (laughs) driving range warm-up oh man and it reminded me, I never got to see that in person at Notre Dame. That's the one thing I wanted to see. And for whatever reason, I was somewhere else at the time he was warming up, and I never got to see it. And that might be one of the low points of my career. <laughs> well, it's the main thing <clears throat> that got me here every morning. You know, I thought, I can't miss that. I did have other duties, obviously. But I think I think every day he was there, I saw it, and it didn't vary one bit. One bit and the crowds, uh, the <laughs> the crowd that was watching, you know, in the, in the stands at the driving range, was always at the high, <clears throat> excuse me at the highest when Miguel was doing his thing. So, yeah, it was good. How long does that last? It's only about two minutes. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's the I, gra- greatest two minutes in golf, though. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I'm so mad I didn't get to see it, but. He's great for the game of golf, and I'm sure the amount of wine in our county went down a little bit probably <laughs> while he was here, and, and the cigar business probably was very, very good. But I'll, I'll tell you what, just not to get too far from what we were going to do, but I'll tell you what, this spring, how about your champion, Steve Stricker? He's played some pretty good golf on the PGA Tour. I don't know if you've watched very much, but Stricker's still oh, yeah. playing pretty doggone good golf. No, last last fall uh, in the wraparound, and then this year as well. I mean, um, it's kind of a shame that he's the captain of the Ryder Cup team because knowing him, he won't pick himself, but he'd be a pretty good addition to that team. Um, and to think that he's got the other duties 
of the Ryder Cup going on at the same time he's playing this well is quite a tribute to him. So, yeah, he's still the reigning U.S. Senior Open champ, by the way. Yes, he is. Because there wasn't one last year. So, Where is it this year? Do you know? Yeah, Omaha Country Club. They've okay. hosted um, hosted in '09, and it was the most successful Senior Open ever in terms of attendance. Um, they, they just killed it. So, yeah, it's at the end of uh, – it was actually the 1st of July this year in Omaha, which we, we thought it was hot here last year. Just Oof. wait. Yeah, look out. Yeah. So are they going to honor you in any way? You're, you're yeah, like the, yeah. I figure I'm so. sure. Yeah. I think they're actually going to rename the Habermeyer Trophy after me. I think that's really the the US, wow. The USGA is very, very tight-lipped about things, so I, you know, they wouldn't let me know. But I've I've actually recommended it, and I'm thinking they're going to take that under advisement. <laughs> wow. Oh I'm, God. I'm speechless. I just thought you were going to be the guy on the first tee. Fall, please, Tim Firestone. Now driving. That would be that's perfect for you. Place. That's not Omaha Country Club. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I could see you standing there, uh, Sergio Garcia to drive. Hey, Sergio, anytime, feel free, pull the trigger. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't think I have the patience. <laughs> that's, yeah. what, that's what I'm imagining. Holy cow. Hey, hey, Phil, maybe not try to hit it so hard. Just try to hit the fairway, big guy. Okay, drive away, my man. Go get him. Yeah. <laughs> And I can imagine what you would say to Tiger if Tiger ever started playing again. That that might be the highlight of the yeah, entire week. No. I don't think we're going to have to worry about that. I know no. that's one of our subjects today, but, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If we get to it. Who knows what we're going to talk about? We just that's seem true. to just go with the flow. All right, so I know Jim Nance always talks about a tradition like any other. Well, a tradition we have early on in the golf show season, I kind of – Offer you the viewing or listening public for a few moments and allow you to spread your wisdom on your feelings on kind of the state of the union, the state of golf Mm -hmm. at your facility, and maybe the state of golf in Michiana, in our country. However big you want to make this thing, I'd love to hear more about it. I know you guys have talked a little bit about how golf is booming right now, but if you want to take it a step further and Maybe changes coming mm-hmm. to the golf course or things you want to do. Whatever the case may be, uh, the esteemed colleague from Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame, John Foster, I believe, has the floor first. All right. So the state of golf in Michiana is good. There is something Tim and I and everybody else who operates golf courses have been waiting for since the late 90s. Um, it's finally here. Um, due to a number of reasons, but primarily the pandemic. I think the big question is, and we're all asking this, how sustainable are the numbers? How how sustainable is the popularity? Uh, I've heard anecdotally 20% across the country last year increase in rounds. Uh, I know we saw that that level. I think Timmy did too. Um, Okay, so five years from now, is that Raise the foundation. Are we going to be somewhere near the rounds that were played last year? Is it going to be 10% higher than what's been happening in the past, which has been a fairly static number? Um, I think some of it is incumbent upon golf operators like ourselves to make sure that the people – there's two reasons. New people are playing golf. Three reasons. People who played it are playing it again, and the people who play golf are playing more. So we need to make sure that we satisfy each one of those groups and make sure that 
when this thing's over with and they have other options from a recreational standpoint, they don't abandon golf and go to something else or back to tennis or back to something else. Um, I think that's incumbent upon us to make sure the experience they have at a golf course is something that would make them want to come back in. I think we've been our own worst enemy sometimes in the past as golf operators of taking people for granted. And uh, so, so anyway, that's what I'm taking away from it, Darren. This is a national occurrence. It's not only regional. Um, and, I, I mean, we don't see it ending in the near term. We also have the double uh, whammy of sorts of we have the senior open hangover where the popularity of the golf course has risen due to having been aired for 20 hours on primetime you know, television two years ago. That effect we still see. Uh, I see it daily out here, and hopefully that will be sustainable as well. All right. Very good. Tim from Blackthorn Golf Club in South Bend as the owner. What is kind of your feel right now? Well, I think John did a great job. I, I, there's nothing I disagree with. I think um, – couple things that I'll add that we're seeing as well is, uh, for example, we just launched our junior camp registration, and uh, those numbers are getting uh, coming in uh, at a high rate as well. I think that as dad, who maybe, you know, or mom who didn't play golf for a while, who's now back playing again, see this now as maybe this is something we can do as a family, so we better get our kids into it. Mm-hmm. So, again, we're seeing a spike with, with trying to get the juniors uh, and the whole family involved. And to John's point, as operators, we need to do a good job of having the right programs, right pricing, uh, and making them feel uh, welcome um, to to come to the golf course. And I think um, it goes – the other big part of this is instruction because people want to be able to know how to play and have fun doing it. Um, so I'd add that I will say from a selfish perspective as a golf course owner, and John, and I have talked about this on the show many times that, um, you know, a lot of courses, well, first of all, a lot of courses have flat out closed during this mm-hmm. down stretch in golf. And there were several, uh, right on the fringe that probably should have closed, mm-hmm. uh, that remained open, uh, that with this boost kind of gives them. A second life so mm-hmm. from a competition standpoint um uh that is um you know a little bit of a negative is you know at blackthorn we've reinvested in the property every year with no equipment new projects um you know doing different things um to set ourselves apart from the competition so that could be one negative i'm not complaining mm-hmm. look we made you know uh we were the most profitable year we've ever had in the history of the golf course uh, last year um, my kids can have milk on their cereal now instead of water, so I have nothing to complain about. <laughs> Tim, how much how much of that profit was related to the skimpy wages that you give your employees? <laughs> well, you know, uh, actually, no. Uh-oh. I mean, I think. Look, at the end of the day, too. The, the uh, uh, I mean, I'll just be honest. Like a lot of companies, with the government's help, with the PPE loans yes. stuff, that also helped out tremendously for us. Yeah. And, you know, for a minute there, we did. We we laid everybody off for about two and a half weeks because um, uh, we didn't know what was going to happen. Sure. Um, and had we been in Illinois or Michigan, yeah, um, you know, those employees would not have come back to work for quite yeah. some time. Um, Tim, have you but, ever seen uh, the, 
the effect this year. I mean, one of our of the frustrating things for us is that, you know, last year, due to the circumstances of the university, and we totally understood that we relied a lot on other people within athletics whose sports were shut down last spring and summer uh, and had, you know, I don't want to say nothing to do, but didn't have a full plate, came over, volunteered, helped out, and that helped us through the year. Well, going into this year, we received permission to hire seasonal help in lieu of reliance upon volunteers because a lot's happening now in spring sports and other other things. We can't find anybody, and a lot of it, you mentioned the PPE program, uh, or PPP program, the, the program of the extension of the unemployment benefits and the addition of $300 a week, mm-hmm. I think, is a, it's a, such a detrimental factor for, for not only for us, restaurants, other businesses in the area. There's upward pressure on, on wages, which is fine, but I don't care what we pay. It's really difficult to find seasonal help this summer. Do you not disagree with that, or do you not agree with that, Tim? No, I mean, we've seen it. We had... Um, um, it wasn't at Blackthorn, but it's another golf course in the, in the area that um, I'm involved with now. And we had two guys start on Monday and never showed up again. <laughs> 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 so, I mean, when you're... You nice know, hire. You're, you're <clears throat> nice hire, hours. by the way. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I just, I think it's hard work, you know? And yes, it is. There's enough other jobs out there that can pay a lot more. Than twelve dollars an hour or whatever it is, but yeah. to your point, we've had to increase wages. Uh, you know, even our cart guys, where we would always, you know, just pay minimum wage. We've yeah. had to, you know, increase that pay, and um, yeah, it's going to be a challenge. I think uh, definitely on the grounds. I mean, that's hard work and physical yeah. labor, and not a lot of money. Yeah, Tim. Uh, to your point about the cart attendants, and the, as, as you know, those are tipped positions. A majority of what they make is through tips. Well, last year, continuing into this year, at least at the Warren, they can't offload bags, they can't clean clubs, and therefore they have no tip income. So I would encourage players out in the area to be sympathetic with that, and maybe you know the person that brings your cart to you or puts your cart away. You know, give them a couple of bucks or something because those kids were, and I say kids, there's plenty of adults doing it too, like me. Um, that you need, yeah. you need to take care of them when you can because it, I think that's one reason we're having difficulty finding staff as well is that factor there. Yep, you, I agree. You guys yeah. are ready to host the show. This is like a conference call between you two, not on the radio. I mean, this is great. You don't need me. You guys just keep going. This is terrific. Well, that's kind of what we talked about before the show, Darren. So we're, we're we're testing out that format. Nothing personal. Well, you nailed it. You're right on the money, my man. You right. nailed it. Well, I, I guess my follow-up question to what you guys were talking about, with the increased rounds of golf, more people playing right now, it is very difficult to find two golf facilities in our area that looks as great as your guys' facilities do. I mean, we're talking about championship golf courses, and you guys set a very high standard for the way your golf courses look. Is it more of a challenge? Do you have to invest more back into the manicuring of your grounds? Because when you have more golfers on the golf course, there are more Mm -hmm. divots in the fairway. There's going to be more, I don't want to, damage isn't the right word to greens, but there's more wear and tear. Does that something, is that something you guys have to worry about on a daily basis and have to adjust? 
I, if, you know, I, I'll let Tim go first, but yeah, I've got some comments. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt the golf course took a beating last year, especially, you know, when you have as many rounds as we have on the par threes, um, you know, it's, uh, we actually hired a guy, <laughs> a, a college professor, and we called him the CEO of Divots. I mean, his job, you know, four times a week at 6 a.m. was to go to all the par threes and, and, you know, put sand in all the divots and try to keep the car three teams uh, available. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's no question about it. I will say, though, knock on wood, we had a great weather uh, yeah. here, and we've had great weather this spring, which <clears throat> helps you from having to spend a ton of money on chemicals and, and extra labor. I mean, right. Mother Nature can be your best friend when it comes to golf course conditions, and we've had that this spring. Our golf course, I'm sure John is the same way. I mean, it, it looks like it's middle june i mean it's gorgeous yeah. out there yeah yeah um i agree with what what tim said there darren i know the pressure on par threes you could never build a par three t large enough to sustain the amount of play regardless of what that is just because of the uh the divots that not only the divots that a person makes but a lot of people hit two or three shots every time they're out there but that being said, Tim's got a lot a different business model than we have. He's got a business model I would adopt and adapt to if, if I own the golf course. But we have some other considerations here in terms of the golf teams and the preservation of the golf course. So we limit we limit the number of rounds we put through here. And we don't do that by turning people down. We do it by 12-minute intervals. Our tea times, we, we don't open until later in the day than Tim. Um, and we close on Mondays for for, um, for uh, maintenance purposes. So there's a lot of things, but it is very expensive. And, and Tim's golf course was at least built to sustain more rounds. This was not built for that purpose. You know, the core Crenshaw traditional course has very small green complexes, very small square tees. Um, and there's a, there's an optimum number of rounds I've arrived at from over the years that we'd like to see come through here. And so we've instituted a number of measures, Darren, to, to kind of do that. We still, still see the damage, and the more play that you have, the mm-hmm. more the cost of maintaining the golf course. But I think we've struck kind of a happy medium here. Tim Firestone is the owner of... Blackthorn Golf Club in South Bend. We've got John Foster, the general manager of Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame. Good stuff, guys. That was very informative, and it is terrific to hear that the game of golf is going strong as ever right now at your two facilities across our area and across the country. When we come back, how about we take a look back at last weekend's first major championship of the year, the Masters, won by Hideki Matsuyama. We've got John, Tim, I'm Darren, and you are listening to the Mick Ultra Golf Show on Sports Radio 96.1 WSBT. Also, we are streaming live at WSBTradio.com and the WSBT radio app. You're listening to the Mick Ultra Golf Show on Sports Radio 96.1 WSBT. My name is Darren Pritchett. We've got John Foster, the general manager of Warren Golf Club at Notre Dame, Tim Firestone, the owner of Blackthorn Golf Club in South Bend, and we're talking Masters in this segment. Last weekend, the green jacket was handed to Hideki Matsuyama. 
He wins the first men's major golf championship for the country of Japan. He held off Will Zalatoris by one shot. Matsuyama leaked a little oil coming in, but he knew he had the lead and shot a final round, one over par, 73. So, guys, as you look back at last weekend and Matsuyama picking up that major championship, what did you like about his game? What do you think the keys were for Hideki to win that first major championship for Japan? Well, look, I think the guy is incredibly talented. We all know he has the game, and he probably could have won a couple by now. So it's not like it's a um, – remember the guy that won the senior PGA up at Benton Harbor a few years ago? Yes. The, the Japanese guy that no one had ever heard of in their life? You know, this isn't that. This guy's a legitimate, strong player and probably will, could win a couple more majors, quite frankly. You know, he's got the ability. Um but I'll tell you, um, I think, I don't know if it was, I think it was maybe David Duvall uh, talking on the live from the Masters show on the Golf Channel about uh, Matsuyama could now become the first billionaire golfer um, with this mm-hmm. because how the popularity of golf in Japan is and all the endorsement deals and everything else. Um, so this means a lot for the country and it means a lot for him. Um, I saw a picture on Twitter after the Masters on Monday, of him taking a commercial flight back from Atlanta to Japan. So here's the Masters champion flight out of Atlanta airport, you know, which is just unheard of. You know, if you're yeah. number 25 on the list, you're flying private. So anyway. Um, With his green jacket sitting on the chair next to him unattended. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on here? So uh, funny, you just don't see that anymore, you know. Um, but no, a great win. Uh, every time you thought something was going to happen, you fought and hung in there. Um, and uh, you know, it's like all these tournaments. You need a little luck too, right? Yeah. You know, what happens if Shoffley doesn't hit it in the water on sixteen and stuffs it in there? You know what I mean? And there's just some diff- a lot of different things that happen that went his way. But at the end of the day. Um, he deserved to win. He's a good player, and he'll probably win another one. I don't disagree. I was, you know, he he did a lot of things that were impressive because um, it's got to be really hard to you know hold a lead. It, I will say this, guys. As much as I, I really was glad he won, it may have been the most boring Masters I've I've seen in a while, and that just shows you, I think, the power of headliners and what it means to have the guys in contention who you normally expect to be in contention. And I'm not taking anything away from what he did. He played better than anybody that whole week. And the Zalator story is really a good story. And that kid, talk about, he isn't flying below the radar. He's not a Johnny-come-lately. I talked to our golf coach, uh, golf coaches last night. We were talking about him. And, you know, he's been a top collegiate player, you know, uh, he, he, everybody wanted that kid, uh, you know, out of high school except the schools he wanted to go to. They felt he had too strong a grip and he could never play. It would never be any good, basically. Mm. Um, but with Matsuyama, I think it was the the short game. But he had four or five really delicate chips mm-hmm. in that last round yeah. that he got up and down on every one of them, which is just incredible if you guys recall – those greens were stepping about 16 or 17. They were hard as a rock. So it was it was impressive, just not real entertaining. The real question I agree, is – I think – Go ahead, Tim. Go no, go ahead, Tim. Well, I was just going to say, we talked about this a little bit last week on the show. Like, golf's a little bit 
I'm not going to say it's in jeopardy. To Darren's point, yeah. the ratings are up. But right now, it is such a jumble at the top. Yeah. There's no superstar, no one that anyone's really rooting for. You know, I'm sure there's mm-hmm. some John Rahm fans, there's some Dustin Johnson fans, there, but there's not this dynamic in golf, and that's where we were talking a little bit about Spieth with his comeback yeah. and making a yeah. run, where I think would be great for the game, where people really would get behind him winning. I mean, even yeah. Justin Thomas, right? Great player, good kid, but he doesn't have the, the love affair with the golf community like Jordan Spieth does. Yeah. Um, so I think golf in general has got, for the real golf enthusiasts, uh, you know, a, a little bit of a problem with too many good players yeah. and no one being able to dominate no or having a rivalry between two players. Yeah. I can tell you the ratings just came out for the Masters, and they were down 14%. Mm. And no mm. Tiger is a factor. Phil not being in contention. Uh, a, a, I think an international player at the top probably doesn't help, and it was a wide margin on Sunday. Yeah. I don't think it was ever in doubt who was going to win, so I'm sure people just decided, you know what, I'm going to go outside, maybe play golf, maybe do yard work. So ratings were down this week or this weekend yeah. from the Masters. Yeah, I think I'm in total agreement with Tim's comments about uh, the, the lack of you know headliners, it's people standing out. The one exception to that is DeChambeau, and it's not necessarily because he's dominant. It's because he's somewhat controversial. He's got a big mouth. I'm sure all those guys down there just love the fact that he was taunting Fred Ridley and the, the Masters Committee and the Setup Committee uh, not only last year, but all week long. So what they got in return was 16 and 17 on the stamp meter on the greens, and the greens were hard as rocks. That was a DeChambeau protection, uh, and I think they all felt like, yeah, thanks thanks for shooting your mouth off, Bryson. So. I didn't hear this, but a friend said that DeChambeau said that Augusta Nationals a par 67. Did you hear that? Yeah, for him, it's par 67. Wow. Yeah, I didn't see any 67s out of him this week. Mm-mm. Wow. He also said that he was going to pick it apart strategically like it's never been picked apart before. So he was wrong on both counts. And he shot over par for the <laughs> yeah. Masters in 2021. I'm just really wanting to know, Zalatoris, his waist size is 28. When was the last time you had a size 28 oh waist God. size? <laughs> And the guy has the ball speed of like 190 or something. Oh, I mean, crazy. he just kills it. Yeah. Have you, have you yeah. guys seen the swing? I mean, this is a homemade. Yep. Him just being a grinder on the range. He aims probably 10 or 15 yards left of his target. Mm-hmm. And he kind of drops it inside and pushes it out towards the target. It's almost like a Lee Trevino type of boom. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, good um, point. But it goes to show you about club head speed. You look at DeChambeau, who had bulked up, right, and wanted to be so strong. Yeah. Yeah. And, and look, DeChambeau hits it further than him. But yeah. this guy weighs 100 and, what you say, there, 160 pounds. Yes. And his hits and the, the quickness of, yeah. of his transition um, was really where the speed comes from with club head speed. You don't have to be a big, strong guy to hit it a mile. Yeah. It's really about these quick hits that he has yeah. to generate that club head speed. John, I want to go back to something you mentioned because a good friend of mine, actually, we talked yesterday on the phone and just referenced the fact that we don't remember 
the greens at Augusta National ever getting that brown? Are we misremembering, or is that no. as brown as you have ever have you have ever it, seen those greens? It it is. It, yeah, I mean that was by intent. I mean not the brownness, but the 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 browned out color comes with the speeds that they wanted to attain there. I mean they have sub air systems there to control temperature as well mm-hmm. as moisture. And that was intentional. I mean, as I say, it wasn't intentional to make them look brown. The speeds were intentional. And uh, it's it's not only the speeds, it was the firmness of the green. So you had to suck a lot of water out of them to get that that firmness. Uh, And you think they did that just because they wanted the scores to be higher? No, it was a – listen, it was a direct response to DeChambeau because Fred Ridley even addressed it at a press conference. Um, He said that, we're not going to sit back and allow our golf course to become uh, target practice, you know, basically. And that was in response to DeChambeau. And he said, if indeed it does, we're going to have to make some changes, which is just earth-shattering for somebody wow. at the head of Augusta to say that. So that's right. what I was saying before. These guys are like, yeah, gee, thanks, Bryson. You know, this is what you got us. And I think it was responsible for a lot of these guys, the, the headliners I keep referring to, not making the cut. They aren't used to that. Yeah. Zalatoris has right. never played down there before, you know? So I, I yeah. think the changing in conditions really had an impact on who was on the leaderboard. I know the Good Golf point. Channel shows that they do a great job of setting up each round. Uh, yeah. David Duvall and I can't think of the other host, Aaron. Oberholzer. Uh, thank Oberholzer. you. That's correct. Yeah. They referenced that it might have been a good thing for Zalatoris to have never played there because he didn't have any scar tissue. He hadn't hit it in this spot and remembered, yeah. oh, my gosh, I made double from that particular spot. So even though no one has won the Masters in his first time there since Buzzy Zeller in 79, they felt like no scar tissue mm-hmm. might be a good thing for this yeah. kid. He was just going out there and playing, and he had no bad history of Augusta National. Yeah, the counter to that is that there's no local knowledge either, either mm-hmm. which is really helpful on the greens. And I'm pretty sure that was his regular caddy, not one of the Augusta caddies. That Sometimes the first-timers use Augusta caddies, but I don't disagree, uh, Darren. Uh, he just played it the way he thought it should be played as opposed to staying away from stuff he had previously gotten into. So I guess we should – point this out and we have to do this every year one of the three members of the Mick Ultra Golf Show has played Augusta National and it is not me I'll, I'll say that but I will allow the person who has played there just to kind of offer a thought from what we saw in November when it was very soft to what we saw this week which do you, mm-hmm. do you enjoy more and maybe a reminder John what it was like when you played there well I have a lot of scar tissue from playing <laughs> in only three rounds, I developed a lot of scar tissue. Um, we played in, in December, actually, and it was nothing. You know, the conditions, they don't keep it that way year-round in terms of the difficulty. Uh, they do keep the, the rough mode down as they do. This was a, the deepest rough I've seen in a while down there, too, which, is again, is a protective measure. Um, I, I don't know. I, I kind of like it. 
when the greens are a little more receptive and the, because you get so many fluctuations in scoring, there's still issues there, but then you can get on the back nine. You see these guys light it up and shoot 31. That was really going to be difficult this year. And you yeah. didn't get that excitement through any of those rounds that somebody really had it going. We had, it had happened a few times, but by and large, you just didn't feel like anybody could make a charge because the greens were so difficult. Uh, Tim, we've got about a minute or so. Which did you rather, or which would you rather watch? What we saw in November when it was a softer golf course, or what we saw last weekend where it was fast and firm? No, I like it softer. To John's point, he says it all. Augusta comes down to the last nine on Sunday, and yeah. who can make that run? And you know, there's birdies out there, and you know that's that's what I I prefer to watch. All right. yeah. Hideki Matsuyama wins the Masters, so we'll have the PGA Championship in May, the U.S. Open in June, and the Open Championship in July with the Ryder Cup later on this year. We'll take a break. You're listening to the Mick Ultra Golf Show on WSBT. Along with Tim Firestone and John Foster, I'm Darren Pritchett, the Mick Ultra Golf Show on WSBT Radio. Guys, since we've last been on, of course, Tiger Woods, February 23rd. Multiple knee injuries and an early morning crash out in California. Reportedly, he went, he was going 85 mile an hour at one point, 45 mile per hour over the speed limit. And again, it sounds like some significant lower leg injuries. So, do you think we will ever see Tiger regain the form? I feel like we have this question that gets brought back up every 10 years, but what about this time? No, this is like um, when your dog is really sick like old yellow, and you have to take it out back. Oh, I think gosh. this was a blessing for Tiger in a way. You know what I mean? I'm serious. It puts him out of the, the misery of asking. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Like, it's over. He's got a good excuse, and he's yeah. done. Yeah, people people use the Ben Hogan analogy. I think his his injuries were a lot more serious. Than what, not that Ben Hogan's weren't serious, but um, – yeah, there's and, and plus, like Tim said, it does let him off the hook a little bit because I can't believe he even w- would want to. And even if he was healthy, I think he's kind of tired of that that story anyway. Right. I agree. Just be done with it. Yep. I just mean this in all sincerity. Knowing the celebrity that he is and – you know, he's going all over the world doing things. I, I just wish you could turn back the clock 20 years and, Tiger, just hire someone to drive you around. It would have saved him a lot of agony through the years. And with the medication he's been on, you know, we've had some serious situation, guys. Uh, putting all joking aside, I just feel like if he just had a personal assistant that would drive him around, it would make his life a whole lot easier. <laughs> Wouldn't hurt. He's not. He's not the only celebrity, though. I mean, this happens to a lot of different celebrities. Yeah, you know, sure. they feel like they they, they need to drive. Yeah. And it's like you got you have more money than God. You yeah. know, like what are you doing? It's like Nazi. I'm a flying commercial. Makes no sense. <laughs> That's true. Then Tim, why do you fly commercial? I'm curious. <laughs> or do you? I'm trying, I'm, I'm, hey, look, I'm I'm, I'm 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 thinking about a NetJet subscription. <laughs> Well, we're here having, having all these record years of golf courses. Shoot, I'm expecting a jet to be in your future very, very soon, you know. Yep. It'll be parked on the other side of the reserve. 
<laughs> my own hanger out there. <laughs> That's right. That would be absolutely perfect. Heck, you could almost do the takeoff on the 18th green with that undulation there. That man, that airplane would take off in a in a second. All right, we'll take our final break. We will find out what's coming up at Blackthorn and Warren next on WSBT. Final segment of the Mick Ultra Golf Show on WSBT Radio. I'm Darren Pritchett, and here is Tim Firestone to tell you what's happening right now at Blackthorn Golf Club. Golf course is in great shape. We're open. Uh, we are going to do some green airification uh, on Monday, um, but we will be back open again on Tuesday. We have our uh, junior program registration is now open. Uh, com or call the Pro Shop at 232-GOLF. And the Pro Shop is open. And the Pro Shop is open. Awesome. All right. Now we turn things over to John Foster. What's happening at Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame? Well, our Pro Shop is open, too, which it wasn't last year. So as a result, we've got a lot of stuff on sale. Come out, play golf, come in the Pro Shop, spend some money. So how's that? (laughs) (laughs) And the phone number. (laughs) Five seven four six three one golf, and that's the number to find out the openings at the family driving range that you have out of uh, the Warren Family Fun Center. Yes, that's exactly it's open right. As well, <laughs> guys, always a pleasure to be with you. Hope you hopefully you can get out and play a little golf this week, and we will talk to you next week. For John Foster, the general manager at Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame, and Tim Firestone, the owner of Blackthorn, I'm Darren Pritchett. This has been the Mick Ultra Golf Show on WSBT. Thanks for listening. This has been the Mick Ultra Golf Show, presented by Michelob Ultra, locally distributed by United Beverage of South Bend. Michelob Ultra, superior light beer. Don't compromise. Also sponsored by Bill's Heating of Goshen since 1951. For all your heating, cooling, and plumbing. Also by Pet Refuge, Lechleitner Door, Sherwood Tire, the Food Bank of Northern Indiana, your local Edward Jones financial advisors. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. And OSMC, the Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Center. This has been the Mick Ultra Golf Show, heard every Saturday morning at 8 on Sports Radio 961 WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today.